this is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for Shark Pants Gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. This is the fucking road! Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick. And as always, tonight we are going to be talking ogre maw tribes tonight on the on the show. So we got a great show ahead of us. Uh, but before we get into all of that, thanks for joining us here tonight on Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And do do us all a favor: let your friends know about us uh, and pass us on to them. They might be interested in hearing about this uh, goofy little show. Your help is uh, greatly greatly appreciated. Also, in tonight's coverage, we're going to be talking about armies and their respective lists. So. Um, if you like what you're hearing and, and want to share something, uh, go ahead and leave it in the chats in the comment section below, and uh, we will uh, definitely talk on that. But hey, before we get going tonight, before I introduce my awesome returning guest who's back with us again, uh, he's recently off parole and uh, not allowed in any of the recent bars or any local bars within 30 mile radius, so he's got to be on the show tonight. I want to say thank you very much to all of our patrons. Um, you know, here we are, we're, we're coming into another month, uh, first show of the month. And uh, we got some awesome patrons out there I want to say thank you to. Uh, on our Grimdark Ghoul level, we got Griffin Lawler. Griffin, thank you so much for being a ghoul. And uh, our Goblin level, we got Greenskins Gaming. Uh, buddy, thank you so much for being uh, one of our one of our longtime uh, patrons, as a matter of fact. And to all of our current patrons and future patrons, thank you very much for your support on our show. Uh, this contribution helps us to continue to bring you great content every single week. And if, you, if you'd like our show and like to be interested in becoming a patron of Grimdark Live, Head over to GrimDarkLive.com and enter, to, enter the Nerd Bunker to become a patron of the show. There's going to be six different levels of, of, of support, and each, uh, you know, each level, I guess, uh, has certain spe- special benefits and services uh, to our members. So head on over to GrimDarkLive.com to become a GrimDark gang member. And uh, thank you all in advance for your awesome, awesome support. Uh, all right. So, gang. Here it is, you dice chucking glue sniffing gamer goons. Here we go. Tonight we're going to be talking about Ogre Maw Tribes. And back with us tonight is the voice in my head himself, Steve. What do you hear? What do you say, bud? Summer season is here. Let's get it started. You are absolutely right. Summer season is definitely here. So you uh you're uh you're about ready. You got your you got your summer already already set up and rolling, don't you? I'm ready to go. Stormcast are fully painted and in my hands. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, let's uh, let's let's get into this because you know, Steve. Tonight we're going to be talking about Ogre Maw tribes and how they compete currently in 3.0. You know, functionally the Ogre Maw tribes are what would you say? They're they're two separate armies that you can mix or not uh, as you please. Really, you know, there's going to be Beast yeah, Claw Raiders. I would say, yeah, I would say they're they're completely two separate armies, unfortunately, one of which is currently the only one that people are playing, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, typically there's Beast Claw Raiders and there's Gut Busters, uh, plus, I guess, a third category of, you know, Icebrow Hunters and all the beasts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but tonight, 
uh, here later. We're going to be looking at uh, three lists, as a matter of fact, that I think represent ogres uh, as best as we can in the in the current meta. Would you agree to that, Steve? Yeah, I would. I, I think right now that uh, ogres are in that place where you just kind of make the best army that you can with them. Um, most people are choosing the beast claws, but I think we're going to take a look at some gut buster lists tonight and, and see how they're doing or see how we think they might do. That's right. That's right. We do have some gut buster lists that I think, uh, I think everyone is going to like, because I think they get ignored and, you know, coming off this past, uh, past weekend, uh, we, we had a heck of a tournament where I actually played in underguts, a lead belcher led, uh, list that I think, uh, I think people are going to find uh, pretty interesting. So we're definitely going to get into that, but, uh, you, you know, Steve, um, as someone who plays against ogres often enough, you know, what are your thoughts on them? You know, old, you know, 5,000 foot view. What are your thoughts on ogres currently in 3.0? Um, they are the one army that I think right now just don't seem to fit AOS. And I don't know why. And I, and that's just my opinion. Uh, I just don't feel as if this army has really been given their due in in this game yet i'm hoping that in 3.0 whenever we get their book uh that they'll finally bring ogres into the fold but it, it just right now they they seem like that army that's still kind of stuck like in in old fantasy yeah you know what i um I tend to agree and with I you. I don't know why I feel that, but that's just the way I feel about it. Well, we're all, you know, later on in, on the show, we're going to be looking at some stats that I actually compiled by doing some research on best coast pairings uh, and going all the way back to about February of 2022, looking at ter- big tournaments like LVO. Uh, you know, I tried to look into some RTTs, some smaller tournaments, but it was just a little too much for me to garner and gather. But I think we've got some pretty good stats to kind of give us an idea of where they sit in 3.0 right now. And, you know, Steve, I like, I really like a lot what you just said because. It gets me thinking because ogres are one of the armies. I would have to say, I'm. This is one man's opinion here, folks. But ogres are one of those armies that I feel are most impacted by 3.0 rule changes. You know, and in reality, in my opinion, both for good and bad reasons. Uh, but, you know, but that's that's for later on in the show. We're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna get into that here uh, a little bit later on. But I do agree with you. So they do kind of feel like they're stuck. Like they should still be called ogre kingdoms in a way. You know, I feel that they're yeah. yeah. That's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I think you want to know why I think people look at them like two separate armies, you know, because you see nothing but beast claw Raiders on the table now, and and you see very little gut busters and even, even a mixed bag army. I think that was tried, you know, and I don't want to beleaguer this point too much, but I think I want to get this out of the way because, um, somebody did say to me, uh, recently when I was playing my gut buster list that they really liked, uh, or they wanted to try to get, get big units of ogre gluttons, uh, on the table. And, you know, I think they never see them. Well, right. They, they never, never see them. them. Right. I mean, when you talk about gutbusters, how many people, be honest, I mean, all of us out there, how many gutbuster armies have we actually seen in the past year? Oh. I can think of one, and you're it. Right, right. I, I honestly think I honestly think it, it's it's myself, and that's that's that. You know, um, but gutbusters, I think, are a damn shame. You know, think about, the, think about the reality of this. You've got an ogre, right? What are they, nine feet tall? Probably. Eight to nine feet tall. 700 pounds. About. 800 pounds you know, maybe for the bigger ones yeah slightly that and that's slightly smaller than my mother-in-law not quite what as you stop? what are you talking about she's big knuckle dragon you wait till you meet her she'll beat the hell out of you anyway let me get back to the topics here but um but you know think about this and no rend you got this big big monstrous infantry unit you know 900 pounds nine feet tall 
you know, and no rend, no rend whatsoever. How the well I to mean, make how? it even more egregious, you have. Let's just take for example the great swords for the empire. Okay, the okay. great swords have a rend of one, and they're humans. Now, some are going to argue, well, that's because they have, you know, they're using great swords and they're bladed, but, you know, they're blades, they're great blades. Okay, so an ogre is carrying a club that is probably <laughs> about, what, five to six feet long with metal studs banged into it? You're telling me that that's not going to smash through armor? Uh, yeah. And it does damage, too? That's it. Why do I have a problem with that? A big goose egg on that one, but... Yeah, it's funny because you know you sit there and you go, you go. How is it that ogres kind of got the shaft? You know, um, because well, think it, logically. How much stronger is an average ogre than a, than a, than a grown man? Oh, it, it's three it's, times stronger, two it, times stronger. Yeah, it's it's easily night and day. Easily night and day. It, sure, exactly. I mean, sure. it would be like take the take the biggest baddest human. They still wouldn't be as strong as an ogre. Uh true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and you're I think telling that, me that that guy's not going to have rend at least of one. Yeah, yeah, and and you know there's I Makes mean no e- sense even with some of the nifty things that you can do with gutbusters, you know some of their banners and things like that. You, I mean uh, 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 gluttons you can do with them with their banners, and we'll get into that here in a little bit later on. But uh, you know they're just an unplayable unit, and I think that's what's sad about this book. I think there's a lot of things that need to be updated. Maybe that's where you're going with you know with with your comment well, earlier. You know that, what it is. Go ahead. Not not to drift too far into this right now, but. It's not that they're an unplayable unit. It's a unit that I look at in the book and I say, why would I play this unit? Okay. And that's the shame because they are the premier battle line of the army. They're the only natural battle line for the army. And yet I'm never going to ever touch them if I ever play an ogre army. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, the sad part. Yeah, and, and you want to know something? The sad part about about that is that that I think there's a lot of things up against ogres right now. I think uh, especially that unit. You know, you've got cohesion problems with them now because now they, they come in minimum units of six, uh, so you can max yep. them out at eighteen. And we'll we'll get into all that here a little bit later. Yep, I, we'll I, but I think later. we got a lot we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. But let's uh, let's ask that proverbial question, man. Are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? What do you got going on? Uh, hobby hobby right or now, events? Um. Right now, nothing. Uh, the army is done. Like I said, I just uh, mailed off uh, Bastion Carthlos to uh, our good buddy Justin, and he's going to be painting that guy up for me to look all nice and purdy. And then that's pretty much it. I'm not buying anything else for Stormcast until the points come out because I want to see where the points are going to be taking the army over the next six months. And so I don't plan on buying anything more until I see what's coming down the pipe. Right, right. I think that's I think that's smart. I, I think that's a smart way to do it. I mean, uh, myself, uh, you know, we, we just we just came off a pretty great uh, summer sizzle. We just came off a nice little RTT this yeah, past weekend. That you you and I played in, uh, and you know what, what's nice about this one, Steve, is you actually this was of the first event in a long time you didn't get thrown out of. You want to explain how oh, you stop? How you did? Well, just I'm just trying to. I'm proud of your manners. You know, you're not getting thrown out of places anymore. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it was a really fun tournament. All joking aside, I mean, I think all the guys that were in it, we had 12 guys total. We had a great time. Um, Zinch ends up taking it all, which you know is no surprise to me. Yeah, yeah, they they really did, and, and they were running the Crown Spire. Uh, the the uh, the, yep. the, 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 the what do you call it? A, 
Is that an endless spell? What the hell do you call? No, it's not an endless spell. What, what, no, what it's, uh, it's What's that the... uh, elemental beast. Thank you very much. That one. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, so coming off of that, I mean, I guess we're not really sniffing glue too much because I'm also now working on my night haunt. I finally got the army in. Thank you, GW, for the uh, the mildly long wait. It wasn't quite, you know, maggotkin wait where everybody's waiting months on months for, yeah. you know, yeah, a so magoth rider. Wait two and a half months like I did. Isn't that terrible? But uh, but yeah, I got uh, I finally got the, the night haunt in. I'm I'm building and painting that. Going to get getting the ghost out on the out on the table here pretty soon. And I'm still kind of working on my uh, my my double secret, not telling you bastards army a little bit. But I kind of keeled off well, that one a little bit. Go ahead. Talking about Night Haunt, I think that's an absolutely uh, awesome change for you. Um, yeah. you're, you're like me. You, you like to play Ugg and Glove. You like to play your Destruction Armies. And, you know, hopefully if Sons of Behemoth get a new book soon, I'll be right back to playing them again. Right. But, yeah, you are used to playing the Ugg and Glove kind of armies. And now you're you're trying something that is totally out of your comfort zone, which I think is good for you as a player. It's my first death army in, in all of my yeah. time in tabletop gaming. Uh, it's been a damn I, good one too. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I think I've said, I think I've bored everyone on the show enough, but it, for me, it takes me back to the, all the old Irish, you know, folklore, you know, you know, spooky stories that I, that I heard growing up with my mom. And so, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, it, it really is, uh, it really is going to be a pleasure to play. And you know what? It, it also helps that they're pretty darn good. You know, that, that doesn't suck either. So, well, yeah, I mean, um, our buddy Griff uh, took him for a test run in this tournament, and he ended up uh, going two and two and uh, two and one. Two so, and one, yeah, yeah. Not I, too bad. I think it was just the new the new army nerves that uh, that he otherwise I'm sure he would have gone three and zero. Oh. But yeah, so so fun RTT this past weekend, and and we got some hobby stuff going on. Um, and you're but you're out. You're not buying anything right now. You're gonna wait. Nope. Right. There's no point for me to buy anything right now. The last model I did buy was Bastion, and that's because. He's coming into the army regardless of what happens with the points changes. Right. Sure. But as far as buying any other kind of units or changing up maybe the composition of the army a little bit, nope. I'm not touching anything until I see those points. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, I agree with that. I agree with that. But let's uh, let's keep rolling, man. We got uh, we got the news that we're going to be talking about. So I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, and then let me know if you had. But have you seen this new? uh scimitar thing that's out i mean this thing could be aos slanesh or zeech i'm thinking maybe uh my thoughts initially when i first saw this steve were on some kind of vampire you know that whole topic back again you know vampires are out again but the glove does have that strong slaneshy type vibe to it have you seen this picture yeah. what do you think it is i think it is one of two things it's either slanesh and I think that's probably 70% of where I'm going because the scimitar is a clear sign that we're dealing with something slaneshy. Um, or it could possibly be uh, the Dark Elves, but I seriously doubt that. I don't think oh. we're seeing the Dark Elves till next year. The Umbraneth, right. Yep. Right. I don't right. think they're coming until next year. The schedule's okay. so far behind they can barely get anything out. Yeah, you know, honestly, when I, I first thought, I first thought, you know, Umberneth of some kind, Dark Elves also as well. Uh, but I'm really leaning towards. Once I looked at the glove there with the little beads in it, yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, it, it's probably some. Uh, what, what were those things? Those um, uh, well, Sybarite characters truth, or whatever. Yeah, I think what it is is it's it's one of those box set characters. Oh, I yeah. think that Slanesh yeah. is going to be in some double box, and they're probably going to have this as the new character or whatever that they're going to put in there. Some new character on foot. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, could be. Yeah. 
Could be. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with that. I mean, when, when I look at the glove, though, it, it looks like the same glove of the, uh, what are those, uh, the twin soles, right? Uh, the twin soles. Yeah. I, I, I think we, I think we've already uh, seen the boots on a statue in another rumor engine. I think it was the rumor engine from, you know, four or five uh, rumor engines exactly. ago. Exactly, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking it's probably, I'm thinking it's going to be that. I, I really am. But switching gears, man, uh, what do you think about the uh, the updates on the Sylvan Ethel? Have you seen these... Uh, these Spite Rider Lancers, uh, these things are coming out. I think out. that is exactly what the Sylvanets have needed for a very long time. Yeah. They've been a very dull and, quite frankly, kind. and I don't mean to insult any of our Sylvanet players. I just find them to be a very dull and boring army. I played them myself, so I know I got bored with them very quick. And it wasn't because they were a bad army. It's just simply because they just were a very limited army. I mean, that's one of the things that kind of... Um, that kind of kept me, that, that kind of forced me, not forced me, but actually kind of led me to get rid of the Giants is because they were just almost too mono-aesthetic. Right, right, you know? yeah. And I think that Sylvanath, it was basically two things. You're either playing Kurnoth Hunters or you're playing Dryads. Now you've got Gossamet Archers, you've got the the new, uh, what, what are these new Spite things called? The, the Spite Rider Lancers. Spike Rider Lancers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're they're very cool troops, and I think it's what they've needed for so long. I love the new character. Oh, yeah. The Lady of the Vines. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm like... So I, cool. I don't play Sylvaneth, but I played against them quite a bit, and I have, almost have like a gross human curiosity when it comes to this army. I don't know what it is about them, yeah, but I know I that agree. I was happy to see this because that means the Battle Tome is getting near, and uh, I think yep. we're going to be getting more information on one new unit coming soon. Uh, other than this one, I do believe, but I can't remember which one that is. But this one here is good enough yeah, there's for now. Another, there's another variation of that flying unit, I believe. And um, it's like the second build of it. Right. And I just yeah. don't remember what... I think they have bows. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like but, that. I can't remember what it is. Anyone who knows, leave it in the chat. I mean, it's basically... Yeah, it's basically the same thing. It, it's a right. flying unit that either fights or it's a flying unit that can shoot. Yeah, but at any rate, it's exactly what the Sylvaneth needed. Yeah, you know, and what I like about this and reading up on this this army, this unit here, uh, you know, they get to strike first on the charge, uh, which is nothing yep. special if if you you know engage with one unit, but if if you have them say as a as a battle line and charge sure. multiple targets in the same turn, that's a pretty strong thing. You know, that's yeah, gonna they're be like heels some... now. Yeah, there you go. Great, great, great comparison. I didn't even think about that. That's a great comparison. You know, yeah, they're like the eels in turn two or whatever, or whenever they get their alpha strike. And you want to know something? No, they they got a pretty darn for Sylvanet. They got a pretty darn good attack profile. Oh, I mean, yeah. they got a negative two rend, which is you know pretty neat if you yeah. want to know the truth. The, and the damage is one. Uh, that's a little eh, but you know what? Negative two rend is still going to still I th I think something acceptable. I, I would say. Well, you know, when you really think about it, you take a character that's like a three up save, and those things charge in. Well, now that character's on a five up save. All of a sudden, that character who you thought was pretty secure, now you're not so sure. Not so sure. Because that rend of two can really make a big difference when it comes to chopping through that armor. That's very true. That's very true. That's very true. You know, they got five wounds. I think that's pretty slick, you know. Um, yeah. And I think the rally... Well, you know what that means, too, don't you? Uh, to what? Two, two on an objective. Two yeah, they're two, two yeah. on an objective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the other thing too. You know, this this apparently they have a new rally ability that could potentially double the chance to to gain a, a model back, which I think is pretty pretty slick. So I, you know, I mean, they're they're going to be a pretty resilient, fast moving uh, unit that's going to hit you pretty hard. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if the lancer version gets the damage bonus during during the charge. I, I imagine it is. 
Um, oh, I imagine it is. I'm not yeah. sure what the what the banner thing in there is doing. Um, but I know that they share both the, uh, we just had them up on the screen there, the thrumming with, uh, with life, uh, and their magical musicians with the revenant seekers. Uh, you know, so I, I think that, um, I like what Sylvaneth is doing, you know, and, and of course, you know, here's the thing. Uh, somebody said, uh, I was looking at the boards and the chats and somebody had mentioned that, oh, Sylvaneth are finally getting movement. I thought, what? Sylvaneth have always had movement. Remember that, the, all, all the shenanigans where you set up the woods and they can bounce yeah. all over the table and, I think- you know. What what's happening with with Sylvaneth is they're getting that high fantasy uh, type of unit into their army that they've always needed. They're getting yeah. like, almost like that fairy spirit kind of sprites and spriggans and all these little creatures of the forest that have always been in the lore of fantasy, but unfortunately have not been in this army. Right. And now you're getting like I love the Gossamer archers, the ones with the dragonfly wings. Oh yeah. Yeah. If they hit you on a six, they do D3 mortals. I mean, my God. I mean, that, that is exactly what that army has always needed. You're right. And and couple them with uh, with some Kurnoth Hunters, and, and you've got a pretty shooty oh, army. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and Kurnoth Hunters, I, I hope they're still pretty good in combat. They were, they were no slouches for, for an archer unit. So, um, you know, we'll see what comes of that. But, yeah, I'm excited about this release. I really am. Not because I'm yep, going to play the sure army. I, I know it's not my style, but I really am looking forward to playing against it and i think that's going to be same here that's going to be something great but uh last part of the news uh we're getting closer my man we're getting closer we got armed forces day five coming up uh, we're, oh, yeah. we're not too far july 30th and 31st and you know we've been talking about it here on the show the past few shows you know kind of getting everybody ramped up for it and uh, we got a lot of great things in store for it and uh it's going to be uh just like the previous year it's going to be a two-day age of sigmar tournament uh and a 40k event uh, we got uh, we got Gary Frank's going to be running the 40K event. He was here on the chats. I'm really happy that um, that he got time away. I, I'm, you know, I know that he's uh, he's he's on house arrest, so I'm glad that he was able to use his cell phone. Uh, that that was good. That that works. Um, we love you, Gary. We're kidding around. Are any of your friends not criminals? <laughs> now you know what they say: birds of a feather flock together. That's really that's really what it is. Um, no, Armed Forces Day. Uh, speaking of birds of a feather, uh, 2022 uh, Armed Forces Day 5 is coming up. It's going to be a uh, Age of Sigmar two-day event, Age of Sigmar 40K event, uh, where everyone's going to bring 2,000 points of an army comprised of the most recent General's Handbook, Core Rulebook, and AOS 40K rule set. Um, it's going to be 1v1, five-game, two-day tournament to support our active duty troops. So uh, see you there on uh, July 30th and 31st. Yeah, and, and it will be the biggest version of our tournament that we've ever had that's true we're going to have over 80 players inside that inside that hall which that's, i think is fantastic yeah and it's only going to get bigger next year yeah and you know what uh we, we are waiting on some special permission to, to expand to put some uh to put some more, more tables in the bar area at the vfw where we are waiting to do that uh i know that's where you know you and gary will be spending a lot of your time uh right there in that area close to those tables you got to watch those tables steve you know <laughs> no i will be helping you to the tournament Right. No, um, uh, but uh, we're, we're waiting on that to see if we can expand uh, the and, and get some more tables in there. So that's going to be exciting for both 40K and yeah, uh, Age of I Sigmar. Mean, I think what's interesting is that this year, the interest in AOS was, I mean, and we're just, you know, speaking from our side of the, of the hall. Right. The interest in that AOS side was so strong this year. I mean, it leads me to believe that next year we will easily be able to fill another 20, 30, maybe even 40 more uh, seats in that tournament or, or right. places at a table. 
I just think that it's, it's we have so many people on our waiting list that we're trying to accommodate. Um, the tournament's only going to, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger every year. Right. Right. And, and you want to know something, uh, you know, folks, let me a little peek behind the curtain. We are going to be expanding the tournament next year. Um, the plan right now is going to be, we are going to have um, Age of Sigmar and 40K on two separate weekends. Uh, we're going to remain at the uh, the, the VF, VFW in uh, Lockport, Illinois. And we are going to, um, uh, you know, be expanding to 100 players uh, or 80 to 100 players per game. Uh, so we are going to be getting a lot bigger. Yeah, and Gary's here on the chat. You know, 40K has been taking a hit due to the terrible rules for the new books yeah. uh, that outshine everyone. And you know something, that's... It's growing pains, you know, uh, but but rest assured, folks, if you guys are joining us uh, for the 40K side of the event, Gary Frank, I, I don't know that there's any anyone better um, in tabletop gaming to handle a 40K tournament than Gary Frank. Yep. Uh, honestly, gosh, you know, and, and he can he you know, he doesn't even have to be sober to run an event as well as he does. That's what I find amazing. <laughs> it, poor Gary. It, it, <laughs> he's friends with us. So, yeah, very poor Gary. Gary, you're awesome, man. Thank, no, he's thank- friends with you. Don't throw me into this. Gary and I actually are very good friends. You have to throw a wrench at everything. I don't throw a wrench in anything. You know, hey, that reminds me of a, of, of a quick story before we go to break. Oh, you, geez, will you, you stop? No, hold on. on a minute. You ever, you ever hear the story about the Amish guy with his with his arm up to his elbow in a, in a cow's ass? You know what they call him? Will you stop? A mechanic. All right, going, going to go to break. Here we go. All right, thank you. Oh, Lord. We got a good commercial coming up. See you in a minute. We're going to talk ogres. Bye. Hey gang, I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or... Should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more. So get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also, from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. With all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. Ogre Maw Tribes. All right, let's get into this and, uh, and and get rolling on this topic here. So, gang, with this topic tonight, my guests and I are going to be talking about Ogre Maw Tribes. And as a special twist, and I think it's going to be kind of interesting, um, uh, in our conversation, uh, Steve, in a way, is going to be interviewing myself because uh, this is an army that I actually play and Steve just loses games against. So it's going to be kind of interesting that, that we're going to have... Uh, <laughs> That, that, that opportunity to talk. But, you know, here's the thing. If, if you're playing this army, if you're out there playing this army, as a fellow Ogre Maw Tribe player, you're going to have to decide if you like Gutbusters, Beast Claw Raiders, or a healthy mix. I'm just going to say that right now. And I think we've seen in the community, in the meta, a lot of people, Steve, leaning towards Beast Claw Raiders. And, and that, the, oh, the, it's the almost big, 90%. The big stompy monsters, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I would suggest that. I would suggest leaning towards currently right now in the meta. Beast Claw Raiders uh, from a competitive uh, point of view, but it doesn't hurt to have a couple of guys on foot hanging out in the back, you know, to keep your keep your some of your points and things like that secured, you know. So, but I don't think that that's necessarily 
an option for you to win. I, I, I think they struggle a lot, the, the on-foot version, I should say. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But, of course, uh, there, is, uh, there is a list, Steve, I want to talk to you about here that, that's solely for the ever most talented of players. I want to talk to you a little bit about players that understand tactics and power and grace and, and really the glue and the substance that holds this entire game together. And that's nobbler, Steve. You know, I want to, I really want to, you know, have you embrace and have, let, let's just, can we just pontificate a little bit here on, on, on nobblers? Cause they are, they are the biggest part of this army. Uh, could you hold on? I need to go use the restroom. Now, listen, hold on. Don't get yourself all bent out of shape here. You know, we are going to talk. I have a theory, all, all joking aside, my beloved little nobbles. I have a theory at the end of the show, right before you, you give everyone your words of wisdom. When, when you give everybody your, your, you know, your, uh, your closing thoughts. I do have something to say about that. You know what? Novels. You got a bad rash too, but nobody wants to hear about that. Hey, 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 how do you spell penicillin? All right, no, here. All right, so let, let's let's keep rolling. But all right, all joking aside, there are six sub-factions to this army, you know, uh, and and I think half are geared towards in all or mostly beast claw list, and the other half is aimed at gutbusters. And if you want to rock a lot of monsters, Boulderhead tends to be the the go-to uh with with you know that type of a, a build. That ability, you can hand out mortal wounds uh, on the charge. Every every hero can get a mount trait for their mount. Uh, and you know, if I would say, if you do want to play Gutbusters, Blood Gullet is going to see some see some serious play because uh, that's really the only. I mean, I guess Underguts under has a, that's the shooting one. If you, if you folks don't know, has a certain playability to it. I know that's not a word, but I'm going to use it anyways. But I don't think it's is successful in the long run on a, on a, on a five game tournament that say blood gullet would be. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? Yeah, you're not ever going to say it. I mean, and let let's be honest. The most the most you're ever going to see at a tournament is going to be an army of gutbusters with iron guts in it. You're you're probably not going to see any other version of them. Uh, you're certainly not going to see under guts, and if you do, it's just going to be because some guy's doing it for the goof. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, when you go into a tournament, you and I both know what you're going to see. Right. You're going to see Beast Claw Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really tried to think about, you know, what was the what was the purpose behind this? Because it's still an objective game. And a lot of people are playing this to secure the objective. And, yeah, OK, the big beasties, you know, they're worth 10 on the objective. You know, sometimes in yeah. Boulder Head, they're worth more. Um, and, and that's all fine and dandy, but I think I think what, what it boils down to is that in this game with this army, you live and die by the charge phase. I mean, turn one charges yeah. are a distinct possibility. I've done it many, many times. And, you know, between the Frost Lord command ability and the extra movement from the Ravenous Brutes, uh, you know, I, I think you can easily get up the table and do tons of impact hits from Trampling Charge, which is one of their abilities, uh, you know, Steve, in case you didn't know the actual name of it. Um you, and you can do that from almost any any single turn. And what the, what basically trampling charge is is if it's a if it's a monster or or a on foot unit, say like a gutbusters unit that's got eight or more models in that unit, you roll the amount of dice for your charge distance, and on a four plus, it does a mortal wound to your to your uh, enemy. However, transversely, if it's just a gutbusters unit that's got less than eight in it, uh, you got to roll the same thing, but you got to roll sixes. And it's 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 far more far limiting than than say running a, a you know getting getting four pluses out. So I think that's why a lot of people peel off from the gutbusters. Not to mention you know their save at a five plus. Not to mention you know as we said at the top of the show, um, you know you know you know um, gluttons don't have any kind of a rend. You know we talked about that nine foot tall, eight hundred pound you know ogre. They don't have rend. So I think there's a lot of things like you were saying at the beginning of the show that gutbusters kind of need to be 
revamped in a little bit if people are going to uh, to be playing them. But but kind of kind of kind of pontificate a little bit. Can give us a kind of a high low of, of how you think we can improve gut busters. That's the ogres on foot. Well, number one, you've got to make people want to play them. You 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 can't have one version of a book that everyone wants to play that one version. It's like Stormcast right now. Stormcast right now, everybody wants to play the dragons. No one wants to play anything else. Right. You know, and that's the problem with ogres. Ogres right now are stuck in this rut where you have, you know, you have one version of the book that A, no one ever sees, and B, when they do see it, it loses, what, two out of uh, five games? That's yeah, about that. Or excuse me, wins wins two out of five games at a tournament, and that's only if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, even even in my own research, you know, kind of looking up some some different GTs that have happened, you know, going all the way back to February, you know, around the time that, that things like you know um, Las Vegas Open and other things were, were were doing that time, it was pretty sorry showing for Ogre Maw tribes. And I'm just talking about yeah. Ogre Maw tribes as a whole. I didn't lump together, you know, specific Boulderhead or well, Blood Gullet, uh, but think of it: destruction is such a limited faction right now. So you have a choice between Sons of Behemoth, Gloom Spike Gits, Oryx, and Ogres. Out of all four of those factions, most people are playing Oryx, okay? True. Then yeah. the next faction is probably either Suns or Gloomspite. Now, the only reason people play Gloomspite is because they're just out there goofing around and having fun. Gloomspite are not even competitive right now. Sons of Behemoth used to be competitive until they changed this new primary hunter rule where now right. you can't even, you know, the models that you're playing are now going to count against you. Yeah. Ogres don't have that problem, so they should be one of the most desirable units or armies to play right now, and they're not. And that tells me that there's something wrong with the mechanics of the army. I mean, just at its core, yeah, it's got everything that you could possibly ask for. You have might, you have might makes right, which doubles the value of the troops. But when people look at that, they're saying, okay. But I can get that out of a unit of 20, you know, great swords, or I can get that out of a 20 of whatever. Right. The problem we're running into with ogres is that you have only one viable option to play them. Gutbusters are not one of them. They're not going to be one of them until they revamp the army. True. And the only other way to play gutbusters is to go all iron guts. And that's a problem too, because now you're just getting into that mono aesthetic. Now that's something that I love, but not every player is like me. They want right. variety in their army. Yeah, they do. And, and you know, you're not getting it from a gutbusters list. You're just not. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I kind of played that uh, a very uh, not a not a not an iron uh, guts, but a, but a lead belchers list uh, at, at this at this past weekend's RTT. But we'll get into that here in a minute. But I like what you said about de- destruction, and I think this also hurts ogre maw tribes in a way because. If you think about it, whether it's Orc War Clans, whether it's Sons of Behemoth, uh, or, or Ogre uh, Maw Tribes, they all have some version of Might Makes Right. And I think that's a double-edged sword because you've got like, you know, Sons of Behemoth who who Mightier Makes Rightier is their, is their version of it. They do things better. They just do things as a destruction army. They just do exactly. things better than Ogre Maw Tribes. And I think the other thing, the other double-edged sword that is against them when, when you're looking at it, Might Makes Right is, sure, you have fewer models and maybe you can... Uh, you know, make up, you know, uh, uh, objective tallies uh, by counting as a lot more, you know, ogres are, are going to count as, you know, two models uh, on an objective and so on and so forth, you know, the ones on foot. 
Um, and ogres are tough, but so are orc war clans. So are sons of Behemoth, uh, which, which gives you, it could give you some leeway. But if I'm a destruction player and I'm looking at all the armies and I'm savvy enough to kind of do a little bit of map hammering, I could see why people currently in the meta here in 3.0, they gravitate away from ogre maw tribes. But I think there's a case to be made for them. And that's what we're going to talk about here on the show tonight. I think, I think we're, I mean, obviously we got to talk honestly about the state of the game, the good, the bad, and the ugly of where this army is now. But I think they're a heck of a lot better than anybody is going to give them credit for well they're better and i know this doesn't say much but right now at least they're better than gloom spite gets they are they are and we've got the you stats know, on unless that, you're yeah. playing all trolls well and even that i would say that that you got and a fighting that, chance yeah. yeah you got a fighting chance of beating them you know and again you know I, I think i think you know even if you were to take icebrow hunters with frost savers to outflank and and, and catch objectives uh, that your opponent may or may not be leaving empty. Uh, overall, you know, I think if you're focusing on hitting like hammers you know, to your opponent and, and, and deal as many mortal wounds as, as possible as early, the problem with that whole philosophy is that there's currently in the Destruction family group, there are other armies that just do it better. So like you say to yourself, well, yeah. what the hell are you talking about then? I think in order to be an effective Ogre Maw Tribes player, and we're going to see this in the list that we're going to be talking about tonight, Sure, you might have to be a little mono, mono. Uh, uh, what did you say? Mon- monostatic or monostatic? Yeah. Monostatic. Um, but I think the other thing you're going to have to look at is you got to be clever. You got you. You have to be clever. Not only maybe in your monostatic approach, but how you can do things. We're going to see that in a couple of the lists. But but before we get there, let's kind of let's kind of start battening down the topic here because if you look at if I were to describe to you ogres just from their book without anybody knowing anything about any of their army, they sound pretty good. Um, but some interesting research I've done, it looks as though ogres are really, really struggling, you know, uh, when it went in terms of how they sit against other factions. And this is what I want to lead to, you know, when you look at say, uh, mega gargants, uh, or Kragnos, you know, they, they, they have to almost have those units in their army now in order to be i would have to say top tier four and one or five and oh type of an army and i've got a list later to look at that i mean and that's kind of what i'm saying about the cleverness but you said something earlier that you shouldn't even have to take those kind of units in your army right yeah that's the problem that that's the problem with having to take sons of behemoth or having to take kragnos in your army i as an ogre player should not have to go outside of my own book to make a good army right and that is unfortunately what's happening right now you know, and it, just to get back briefly to gluttons, if gluttons are the only battle line, true battle line in your army, why is it they don't have something special that gives people an incentive to want to play them so that they can be fielded on the table? And I'm not even talking rent. I'm talking like if they come up and they beat on a unit, uh, any wounds that they sustain themselves, maybe they get those wounds healed back to them. Sure. You know, kind of like trolls, like they're eating their opponents, literally eating their opponents and getting wounds back as they do. Yeah. You know, or maybe even let them let them get stronger as they eat. There you go. So in other words, as they eat a unit, if they eat or destroy an entire unit, now the unit is maybe uh, in a frenzy. Yeah. And they get another attack. In other words, they're becoming glutton. They're becoming more gluttonous and more. uh and more yeah. battle, uh, what do they call it? Uh, battle, battle frenzy. frenzy. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I mean, they do get plus two in their bravery when, when, when they're, when they're, when they're hungry. When they're, I'm sorry, when they're eating. 
and uh, they get plus two movement. But but even with that, that's still not enough because even with their banners, yes, though, they need something that works in combat, something that gives them, in other words, make it something fun, right? So that an opponent, so that an opponent does them. something dumb, like moves up a small unit in front of a unit of gluttons. If the gluttons kill it. The ogre player can say, okay, if I kill that unit, you know that I'm going to get this bonus. Right. Give them a level of bonuses, just like Daughters of Cain. Make ogres what they should be. Feared. A ravenous horde. Right. 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 So I'm, I'm going to jump ahead because I, I want to get to this point before we lose it. Uh, and this is sure. some of the research uh, that, I, that I had done on kind of where Ogre Maw tribes are sitting currently in the meta. Now, this goes back to sometime in February, I believe, February 24th or thereabouts. Um, and it's really looking at where we currently stand, and I'm going to say on the eve of what AOS 3.5, right? I, I think I think this is, um, uh, you know, since since the um, uh, something like that. I don't think we're getting three. I don't think we can consider it 3.5 until after this year is out. Okay. Because we have so many more armies coming, but yeah, we're approaching uh, the the midterm basically. Yeah, but yeah. not there yet. Right. So what I've got up here on the screen is pretty interesting right now. You know. Uh, the Maw Tribes, they, they currently share similar tournament results with armies like Gloomspite Gits, Osiarch Bone Reapers, and, and Oric Warclans, which I found kind of interesting. But Ogres are performing better than Beasts of Chaos, Heed Knights of Slanash, and Blades of Corn. So that's not but a very that good... saying much at this point? It's, it's really not. It's really not. Yeah. And the, the data also showed that Ogres were also performing better than Nighthaunt and Sylvaneth, but... But this is obviously, this is going to change exactly. with, with the new books yeah. and updates. But what I found interesting was that Maw Tribes right now, on, on looking at a whole slew of different different tournaments that have happened, major GTs, uh, they're at 5-0, and they've got about one game registered in, uh, all, just under just under 4% win rate. 4-1, um, and one, 3% win rate for, out of four games. And then, uh, and then they, their 3-2 and two results were composite average of five games, with a basically a four percent win rate, the smaller RTTs, you know, they they were just too many, too hard to track when you go through best coast pairings sure. and you start looking at other stuff. But they're not doing much better. I think I think if you look at a a, a four game win, four and one, they're right in about the four percent rate ratio. So that's not which really, is god awful. It's it's pretty it's pretty. What that takes into account is pe people that aren't playing them. Uh, when, yeah. when they are being played, how are they representing? A, a lot of that, a lot of the typical stats that you see people a hell of a lot smarter than myself uh, putting together. Um, but yeah, when you say that they're performing better than, you know, you know, say OCR Bone Reapers or Gloomspite Gits, that really isn't, uh, that really isn't no. saying, saying a lot, you know, in, in reality. But so it's funny because I don't know. Um, and again, I, I think the big culprit, uh, to their struggles, uh, is 3.0 itself. Um, you know, let's go back to gut busters here. Cause I think this is going to help us when we look at the list of how to solve, how to fix them. Uh, gut busters, I think struggle more from coherency problems. I really, really think so because, you know, all of them are on 40 millimeter bases and, and the new must be within one inch of two models problem hurts them really hard, I think. Um, and this is particularly bad for ogre players because while Stormcast, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick on you here for a second, Steve, while Stormcasts may have a similar problem, many of their units start at five, right? Where coherency isn't really an issue, but gut busters units range from four. Four, uh, so if you reinforce them, coherency becomes a problem. Like, like say, um, uh, gluttons, they now start at six. You know, lead belchers are now at four. So coherency is a big problem with that army. 
on the on foot. But the difference is, and this is one of the things that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. It's the reach that makes the difference, not yeah. so much the coherency. Yeah. If I'm playing something like Iron Guts, I'm not worried about coherency because they have a two inch reach. So if I have eight guys in that unit, everybody's fighting. Everyone's fighting. Okay. Yeah. Everyone is fighting. Yeah, they all they're, they're made with one inch reach. With gluttons, which is right. why no one is playing gluttons. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think ogres globally should be a minimum of a two inch reach. Personally, um, well, look at the size of their clubs. Right. I mean, you, you, I mean, even on the gluttons, you're telling me that that can't reach through. Uh, I don't know. It. Yeah. So again, I mean, they they have a lot of design flaws that I think the game has you know moved on from and i think that they need to really really i think gw needs to go back to the drawing board with them but i want to stick with the reinforcement rule here real quick before we move on to the list because sure um the new reinforcement rules of 3.0 you know they did cause the unit sizes to change i don't think that helped the ogres either that's that's the point i'm trying to make i mean let's stick with the gluttons and I, I, I didn't really get this point out before but previously in in the beginning of the game when their book first came out they their minimum unit was three and you could cap them off at 12 but due to third edition rules, you know that have that have come up, they now uh, they would they would they would only max out at nine. But see, Games Workshop changed their starting size to six, so you can yes. actually get more than you used to, maximizing out at eighteen if you wanted to. But yes, you also which would cost. I believe they're what two hundred and fifty for every six. Yeah, yeah. So if you have two hundred and fifty for every six, you're you're basically going to spend. 750 points on a maxed out unit of bolts. Yep. Yep. Which are only, now here's the bad part, which are only going to be able to fight in the front row. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the problem. That is the problem. And it's a huge problem. And, you know, the funny thing about it is you have people that, um, that I think recognize that. And they don't play them, or people that don't recognize that. Yeah, try that's to... exactly the reason they're not being played. I, I never see bulls on the table ever. Right. I never see them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, our buddy Nick is the only one true that ever uses bulls. True. Yeah. I mean, I, I I've never seen them played by any other player, and up to and including you. You yeah. usually are playing either iron guts or uh, lead belchers. That's true. That's if yeah. I don't I don't play my my gluttons my bulls uh, hardly at all. Um, but I think I think to, to kind of peel the onion layer back a little bit more from, from that is, you know, and I want to kind of tie this around as a refresher before we get to the list. Other armies in the destruction faction stole the ogres might makes right. They had it first. End of story. They did. Um, I agree and disagree with that. Okay. I think that, yes, you gave a great rule to the ogres to make them more effective and controlling objectives, but it would stand to reason that if ogres are controlling their objectives through sheer size and girth, that no one would be better than giants at that. But right, I think where the problem lies is that if you're going to do that with ogres, if you're going to give them a special rule, make their special rule even more special. Let them have something in addition to that. Okay. I don't know what, but they should have something in their rules should be unique. Right. Well, so if might makes right controls an objective at double, basically, so all your ogres are worth two. Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason that maybe they, their bravery couldn't go up by some, maybe they become better fighters when they're on an objective. Yeah. 
you know yeah something so, needs to happen because i mean when, when you look at when you look at the way the other destruction armies utilize their version of might makes right you know you say okay ogres they're they're, they're worth two on the objective monsters count as 10 okay that's great uh it's still going to outpace a lot of other armies except for true horde units uh and i did sure. say horde uh and sons of behemoth and we're seeing the hordes come back so it's even a bigger deficit that's going to occur here with the Ogre Maw Tribes if, if something doesn't happen to kind of alleviate the way the game is played in 3.0 versus their old function in the, in the book. But I think at the list we're going to look at right now, we're getting into the list right now, folks, I think are going to shed a light on how to successfully play Ogres. We have three lists that we're going to go through because I think I want to, I would like to show, and I think Steve would like to do the same thing, a lot of the uh, flexibility that's still left in this army, which gives us a lot of hope for what the ogres are going to be coming down the line. And I'm going to start with lead belchers here, Steve. I think okay. lead belchers have benefited quite a bit from this new addition because I think they're they're yep. solid beneficiaries for Unleash Hell. Even if it's a, a, a you know a new nerfed type of form, uh it, it it may not do mortals on sixes, but it can, you know, it it, it can punch a few holes in things that, that try to charge up with without without proper buffs. Now don't now not let's let's also understand too that um, uh, these lead belchers can can fight in close combat. So the first list I want to go through and I want to talk to everyone about tonight is one that I played in the recent uh, RTT this past weekend, and it was kind of a it was kind of a fluke uh, list that I put together. It was an underguts list, and I had two slaughtermasters and a butcher in my HQ. And the interesting thing about having two slaughtermasters, a lot of people don't play them. And I said, yeah, I'm going to try to resurrect them. And you know, this list here went one one and one. I won one lost one, tied one. And I think my first game against against Phil uh, when he was playing his, his Magakin, I think had I not had a brain fart, you know, I forgot about my, my gulping bites and I forgot about the fact that I could uh, move an extra two inches uh, in the beginning. I, that whole first and, and half of my second battle round, I completely fell asleep at the wheel. I, pr- I probably could have eked out a win against Magakin with uh, basically a list that was all um, lead belchers and, and, and iron blasters. And the, the interesting thing about bringing my Slaughtermasters was I was really trying to fish for those plus ones, you know, reaching into the pot. Uh, and my Butcher was really there uh, to try to get that Greasy Deluge spell off as, as often as he could. Um, and uh, the army actually worked out really well because... Now, Steve, you saw the army, right? Yes, I did. So what was nice about the army was I, I ran uh, three units of... Lead belchers, which we'll see here in a minute. I ran two units of eight and one unit of four. So I had 20 lead belchers and I had four iron blasters on the table. And I actually utilized the iron blasters as a blocking unit, if you will. Because what's nice about iron blasters is that they're nine wounds. They do not have a reducing scale. And I could throw mystic shield on one of them. I could put all out defense on the other one. And if anything came in, I could unleash hell. And that right there really set the tone for how, I think, as we said in the beginning of the show, how you may need to be clever in order to to play this to play this version of the army. If you're going to play, say, a gut buster list. Yeah, it's, it's monostatic, like you said. But I think, for the most part, it, um, uh, it, it, it solved a lot of things, at least for me, uh, on the tabletop. Um, how did you feel, how did you feel your army performed when you got into combat? Extremely well. Extremely well, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll explain to you why. Because unlike gluttons, lead belchers are pretty vicious. You know, even in close combat, you know their their attack profile are threes by threes, negative one damage two, because they're basically hitting you over the head with a cannon. 
Yeah. But, um, the other thing too is they still have their gulping bites. That's threes by threes, no rend damage one, which is a kind of an icing on the cake when it comes to their uh, their 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 ability to fight. But you know the funny thing about it was by the time the lead belchers got into combat, because of the blocking of the of the um, the iron blasters, um, the units took a lot of fire. So by the time the the iron blaster iron blaster was completely taken out of play. Or the lead belchers could get around there to do some do some damage on them. They, the, the enemy unit was pretty well shot to pieces. Now the other thing I did, which which was interesting, only in one of my games when I was playing against thunder lizards, I wasn't able to get my spell off because you know thunder lizards have that you know you know plus yeah. plus five million to cast and plus seven million to dispel and I can do yeah, anything I yeah I I can do anything I want because I'm a dead frog that whole thing um, yeah. But uh, one of the things, and again, this is where I'm saying you have to be clever with an army like this. Uh, I took uh, the Umbral Spell Portal and the Soul Scream Bridge. And I would literally cast the Spell Portal. I, I, I was able to get that off uh, in, in, in uh, half of one game and, 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 and very successfully in, in my last game. Um, you got the, and I, I dropped the, um, the bridge there. And, um, and next thing you know, I pop out with eight. Uh, lead belchers and I, I completely smoke because it doesn't count against a regular uh, move. So the, each one of those eight are getting D6 shots. Yeah, and what's interesting to note as well is that you're going up against Nurgle. So you're going up against one of the hardest armies to wound because of the ward save. Right. So if you were able to do what you were doing against Nurgle, Imagine what you would have done to armies that didn't have that kind of extra level of protection. Well, and that's what I'm saying. And I think I think you throw all out attack on them right before they shoot when they pop out of the Emerald Spell Portal, uh, or the, when they top, when they pop out of the bridge. You know, it, it's it's a lot of damage. It's a lot of damage in a short amount of time. But again, it's 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 mono aesthetic, like you were saying. But it yeah. can be done. That's the thing about this army. You just have to think a little bit out of the box. And of course, then I took the burning head with it. And that that's just for chip damage. And what I love about that thing is it's it to me, it's the best, it's the best endless spell. It's twenty points. Are you kidding? It, I mean, it's peanuts. Throw it in your list always. Uh, but this thing does D three mortal wounds, and then poof, it disappears, and then it's out. And I think that's the way for me. And, and you know, the maw pot was actually pretty good because I was able to kind of kick my butcher back a little bit, get it within range of the maw pot, empty it, heal some wounds because the maw pot heals all ogres on the table and so um that list surprisingly enough did fairly well in the tournament but again it was it was it was me it was the guy piloting it my first game against against nurgle i i fell asleep at the wheel i i i forgot rules i i com was like a, com a complete idiot when i played that first game i think i could have gone two and one there's not anything i could have done in my second game against uh thunder lizards but um but I, I think I think a list like this, where you know you're going to take three units of lead belchers, two units of eight, one unit of four lead belchers, four iron blasters, and again, it gives them that mobility by taking the almost spell portal to get that extension on the bridge, casting the bridge, um, chip damage with the burning head, you know, and throwing their uh, two butchers or two two slaughter masters and a butcher. That's a pretty solid army if if you don't fall asleep at the wheel like I did. Well, I don't think it's so much as you're falling asleep at the wheel. It's not an army that you play on the regular. True. So, True. you know, I, I think it was a goof from the very beginning for you just to try that army out and see what it could do and to do what you were able to do, you know, in, in a tournament setting. Right. When you're going up against nothing but, you know, straight up, you know, killer armies. Exactly. I think you did pretty damn good. Exactly. 
and, and I think it was pretty funny with, with my butcher. I, I had one moment where it actually worked. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Um, I want to say, I think it was in my third game, uh, I, I, my butcher, I had the, the wizard flesh apron, which means he could cast an additional spell. And, um, and uh, I, I actually took the spell levitate. Uh, and I got it off on, on one of my iron blasters and it was absolutely hysterical that this big iron blaster flew over a little, a little wall and was able to land and, uh, and do some damage, uh, to, um, uh, to, to an enemy unit from the rear, which was, which was a lot of fun. So, I mean, sometimes you, you I think, I think if you're going to be successful with ogres right now, you have to think out of the box. You, you, I would say, try to play within 70% of the book and go 30% outside of the book, whether it's allies or endless spells or something like that, um, and I say that right before we look at your list, Steve, which is which is a, a pretty a pretty darn good list as far as is what you've built. So I, I, I say that with a little bit of trepidation uh, because I think, well, I'll, I'll let you explain it. So let's 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 get yeah, into I your mean, list here. My list is a straight up combat list because that's just what I like to play. I mean, the way I've always looked at it is, if I wanted to be a shooter, I'd play forty k. Well, and that, I just think that's a fair assessment. I don't want to. I, I don't want to be a shooter. I want to walk up and punch you in the face. Yeah. And this is the kind of ogre army that can do that. So if we look at the list from top to bottom, right? Um, I've got two tyrants. Obviously, tyrant is the general. I've got two butchers. Um, both of course, you know, they're just for dispelling and, and to enhance the army, but. The real meat and potatoes of the army is, of course, the three units of eight iron guts. Sure. Now, the only complaint I have about iron guts is that they're not Ren 2. If they were Ren 2, I would have no complaints about this army whatsoever. I could easily play an army of iron guts with Ren 2. Sure. They're essentially annihilators. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You drop them down, they're threes by threes. If their Ren was two and, and their damage already is three, they'd be very comparable to the two annihilators and they have an extra you know there's an extra guy in the in the rank yeah as opposed to annihilators which only have three so and good these guys are no slouches i mean you take a you take a unit of eight iron guts and you come charging into a unit i don't care what you are even with rend of one this unit is going to mess you up and there are ways in the ogre army where you can get extra attacks through spells sure so now uh, uh, what is it three so you're going to so now a unit that has 24 attacks could possibly have 32 attacks. Right. Right. At, at, like I said, at threes by threes, run one damage three. You're even the ones that get through, those are still doing damage three. You're going to maul a unit to death with that, with that, you know, with, with that unit of iron guts. And, and don't, and not to mention too, they, they almost get better in a way, you know, when, once the iron guts, you know, lose, uh, lose some models in their unit with, with down with the iron guts. Now, now you're re-rolling. Well, yeah, never breaking. No, because you're just going to take. You're just going to do what you always do. Yeah, the tyrant. You're going to take that rule. You're going to smack them on top of the head and make sure they don't run. Yeah. Then you're going to use your your pot and you're going to heal them, so they're going to come right back. You know, they're going to heal all the wounds they just lost from the tyrant mm-hmm. who smacked them around. Right. So now you're effectively getting a free no battle shot without any kind of penalty cost, mm-hmm. and then on top of it. Anything you hit is almost insured to die, and I don't care if you're anything from a from a mega gargan up to a you know to a dragon to a Dracothian guard. I don't care what you are. Well, damage three At is that do level it. of damage. You cannot sustain that level of damage for for too many for too many combats. Right. 
Right. You know, and I mean, a two inch reach, negative one, eh, negative one could be better. But I think the whole I think, unit's fighting. Well, I think the compilation of the double tyrants, I think, is great because the minute the minute you you know you you bully in the first degree, one of those iron gut units now they're not breaking. But here's the thing: if they do lose a unit. Now it's 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 down with the iron guts. Now they for one once per game they're re-rolling all their hits and wounds, yep. which is just which is just horrifying for your for your for your opponent. Yeah, I mean, like this is what this is what I was trying to say earlier about the gluttons. You know, it's sad that I have to take an elite unit to be my battle line when the battle line unit for, I mean, look, every army has elite battle line. I'm not saying that that's not something that we all, you know, take part in. Right. The problem is, is that ogres only have one. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you, know, so you go to Stormcast, they have four or five battle line. Ogres True. have one. True. So why isn't that one battle line, especially ogres, why aren't they somewhat effective? Now I know someone's going to say, well, you know, if, if you play your, you know, gluttons right, you could probably be successful with them at damage too. Sure, you could. Going up against an average unit, I'm sure you could. But when you're going up against everything in this game now, has a three up armor save. Right. Because even if you go into combat and your unit normally has a four, what is that person going to do if they think you're going to whack them? They're going to go all out defense, sure. which means it's just like we talked about when I was talking about my Stormcast. Always assume that every unit you're going to be facing is going to have a three-up armor save because all people play now are these elite units with four-up armor saves, which are getting dropped to a three the minute they get into combat. Right. Or, if they're even really lucky, they get off their uh, Mystic Shield. So now they have two of their elite units that are battle-lined that have a three-up save. So, you know, you need something that hits hard like Iron Guts to ensure that when you engage a unit, that's the last that unit, that's the last you'll ever see of that unit. Yeah, but but or see, it's like the old saying goes, where you know, from War of the Worlds, wherever they go, nothing else comes out of that area. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. But I mean, it, it, this goes back to what I was saying before, and what we were saying before was that you have to you have to be clever, and you have to almost be in your cleverness. You almost have to be, you know, you almost have to be monoesthetic, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what you're saying in, well, in order to. I mean, think but, about it. But again, think about it this way. The army that I'm, the army that I designed. Sure. Okay. Now, look, I'm not an ogre player, guys. So if you're an experienced ogre player and you're looking at that army, you're like, oh, this army's the worst army ever. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. It's like I said, I don't normally play the army. But I'm looking at it from this point of view. Those iron guts at full strength are worth 16. Right. So they're standing on the objective. They're worth 16. Whatever they hit is almost guaranteed to be lower than 16 once I'm done fighting. And I don't even have to go plus one to hit. They're already threes by threes. True. So I can just simply uh, use all-out defense and drop their armor down to a three. So so like if I know I'm fighting something nasty like Dracothians or Dragons or something, I'm going to come in, hit you, and then I can go all-out defense and protect the unit on the on on the return hits basically right yeah so yeah yeah i still think that iron guts once again great great unit uh very effective for the ogre army but once again why do i have to you know resort to them why can't i have a battle line unit that's a little bit cheaper 
Well, I think it's the same thing that, that, that I had to do with the Army, that I, the, the list that I just put up there on, on the board as well. Uh, you know, I went very monostatic. I went all shooting. I literally went 40K ogres is, is what I literally yeah. did. Yeah. And, and I under, think... Well, that's what underguts are. That, that's well, what they are. Yeah, but my whole point is I had to do that in order just to have a fighting chance to win. You're not going to do it with gluttons right now in this game. Nope. Um, and I, I think the difference was where, where you're able with your iron guts to walk up and clobber something and, and have a good chance of knocking them out right then and there. Lead belchers a little bit more punches and bunches. I'm going to get my D6 shots because I didn't move. I'm at 18 inches because I'm 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 under guts. And then after you're you're windled down and you're you're kind of beaten up a little bit, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to clobber you over the head with my two attacks, threes by threes. Yeah, I mean, so when you have a low model count army like ogres, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that every combat counts. Oh yeah, you have to make sure that when you hit something, it's not getting up. And True. that is what you have to. Because in the army that I'm playing with, uh, I, I have what, uh, 28 models, I think, in the entire army. Yeah, yeah, you got you got 24 iron guts, yeah. and then and then your heroes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can't afford to let things get up. You can't afford to <laughs> let something heal. You know, and that's why I I chose the iron guts because I know that when I hit something, it's going to be just like when I played my trolls. Whatever I hit. You're not breathing, you know. Yeah. Th- that's it. You're done. Yeah, they're not. You're 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 never you're never coming back from that. You're absolutely, you're right. never coming back from that hit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you have a ward save, you're dead. Right. Right. And that's the way they should be. And I and I think I think they're going to get there. But I think again, right now we have to look at where the army sits now and and try to talk clever. You know, I'm looking here. Uh, you know, we we uh, we had a comment on the chat from Chris. He said. I want to see man eaters in an army. Yeah, buddy. Me too, man. I'm right there with you. I'd yeah, love now, to see. Oh, I am so glad that yeah. Chris brought that up. Man eaters. Yeah. These are the most experienced ogres ever. They have traveled the world for 20, 30, 40 years. They fought every kind of creature you can imagine. Right. They have fought with, as mercenaries in all of the armies of the world, good and bad. Right. And you're telling me that all they do is damage two, and I don't even believe they have rent. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. As a matter They're of fact, absolutely horrible. I mean, yeah. man eaters should be the one unit that everybody wants to put in their army. I like, agree. That unit of eight man eaters should be the one thing that you should that you should want to put in your army. Sort of like when you're playing Stormcast, you want to have your dragons. Yeah, and I had know, to sheepishly look them up. Your I had to sheepishly look them up in the book because I haven't played Man Eaters in forever. But they yeah. do have rent. Read they have, the they have, stats. What are their stats? Uh, so they got their in in melee. They, they do have a shooting attack, right? But uh, well, I'll stick with the melee one right now. Yeah, uh, let's they do got melee. One inch reach, four attacks, threes by threes, negative one damage, two. Is there? And of course, everybody gets golfing bite. At least all the ogres. And do. these are and these are man eaters. These, these are, are the greatest warriors that the ogres have. Yeah. Yeah. Four wounds. And they hit weaker they hit weaker than iron guts. And and a five plus save. Five plus save. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, here's what I want to see with man eaters in the new edition. Okay. I want them customizable. I ah. want to be able to build my own man eater unit like I used to be able to do. Where you used to be able to take the ninjas, yeah, oh, you yeah. used to be able to take the pirates that had the shooting, right? You used to be able to take the uh, the uh, uh, the imperial uh, guy with the with the big great weapon, right? I want to be able to customize my man eaters, 
And I, and I don't even care if I have to add points on like they do in 40K. Like, okay, you know, like if you want to add this ability, it's 20 more points. I don't care. But I want to be able to customize my man-eaters so that I can create those characterful units that used to be part of the ogre army. Right. Right. That's what I want from man-eaters. That's what I should be able to get from man-eaters. Yeah. And it's sad right now because you have these beautiful models nobody's playing them and, and i just want to state a fact here nobody has played them since about mid eighth edition fantasy battles by the way why would you pay why would you pay for man eaters when you know you can get iron guts or lead belchers or lead belchers i mean be honest i mean like any ogre player out there who plays gut busters are any of you playing man eaters and if I, you are why yeah <laughs> I love the idea of like what Chris said. I, I would love nothing more than to have man eaters in the army again. But I but Chris, you're probably you probably are, are the same reason why you don't play them right now is exactly yeah. what we're saying. Oh and, my god, I totally agree. And you know what? I, I don't think I've played them in five years. I don't think oh, I've had man eaters on not the, since eighth edition. Well, I'm saying about midway through eighth edition, I stopped playing them. And I don't think I played yeah. them. I mean, I, I may have put them out on the table once or twice after that, but I, I think for the most part, I I haven't played them at all. Once again, it's another lost opportunity for GW to make a very characterful unit of all of these wild looking man eaters. You know, ones like the like, you know, like we have the Imperial, the Ninja, the female. Like yeah. we had all of these great poses, all of these great things, all, all of these great different kinds of man eaters that we could have put in our unit, the mix, the match. We have mix and match units. We have some units that have like great weapons and then there's regular weapons. Stormcast have it. Right. So why couldn't we have it in this in this army? Why couldn't we have it with this unit? True. This is what I'm talking about. I think that when they did the last book, they just wanted to get ogres out and get people playing them again. But I think that they really missed the ball on what this army is. This army is a traveling circus. That's exactly what ogres are. They are wanderers. They are travelers. They go from place to place. They have they they have every kind of ogre you can imagine. Man eaters, gluttons, iron guts. They're a hodgepodge. Right. That's what That's they true. are. All of different specializations and abilities. Because they do travel so much. Because they are used to fighting wars in different capacities. Right. Whether it's a shooting kind of war or whether it's a combat war, where they're actually getting in there and mixing it up. True. They're used to fighting in a variety of ways. They should be one of the most experienced uh, armies in the game because of that, because of the fact that well, they travel constantly. Well, that's all they do. That's all they do. Yeah, they, 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 that's they, all they do. If they're, if they're not eating, they're fighting. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, look, before we get to the last list, let me let me throw this one out there. I, I think one way that I've seen, and I'm going to try this, I'm going to I'm going to see if this works with, with gut busters. Even with gluttons, I think the secret sauce right now in this in this game to, to get glut buzz, of course, someone else could take it too, uh, would be the Cron Spine Incarnate. I think if you were able to take that that bastard, 400 points, yeah. put him in with some gut busters. Once again, you have to go outside the book to make the army well, effective. Well, again, that's kind of what we're talking about. I mean, that, we, it, it, we have to be creative, right? I mean, I think this last list is also going to ex- exemplify what we mean about being creative. Yep. But what are your thoughts on... on uh, you you have a you have an interesting take on the crown spine as a whole, but what what are your thoughts as far as real quick on taking that with say a gut buster list? Well, 
if you're going to play gut busters, it's not a bad idea. I mean, right now you have to use what you can to make your army effective. So, you know, for the poor guy that maybe bought a gut buster army and he's like, you know, God, I really don't know which way to go with this army. Hey, do what you have to. If you have to throw in a giant, throw in a giant. If you have to, you know, throw in the, you know, the the elemental, throw in the elemental. I mean, it's hard right now to say that, you know, oh, we don't want to go outside your book because, like you said, you almost have to now. Yeah. To yeah. make them effective. Well, you, you, you absolutely have to. And this leads us up to the last list we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, today, and that's a list that I just I played a couple of times. Uh, most recently, I played it against um, uh, Daughters of Cain, and and before that against Fire Slayers, and and I put this list together kind of as a lark. Um, and the list is a yeah, it, was uh, it, it well pretty much yeah. Um, I got an Ice Brow Hunter as my general in this one, and I do that simply so I can keep him off the board. Uh, with his Winter Ranger ability, and what that ability does, it gives him D, it gives myself D three additional command points for every round he is off the board. Um, so it, it really is a, is a, is a nice thing. Plus, I get my three cats as battle line, which uh, which in this case I took four units of two uh, kitty cats as my battle line. But then what's what was what was pretty funny about it is uh, I took Bundle Whalebiter, which is the named character uh, of the Kraken uh, Kraken Eater uh, Mega Gargant. And uh, Kragnos and a Frost Lord and a Stonehorn, and somehow, hysterically enough, that can be considered a Beast Claw Raiders Ogre Maw Tribes list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's crazy, but my God, the army was effective. It it it, it really was. I think I think coupled with you know you, you get within twelve inches of Kragnos, now you're rolling you know three uh, d six on the charge. You know, bundle whale biter with his pickup and do horrible stuff to you. You know, breaking cohesion, his shooting ability. The frost lord on the charge is the frost lord on the charge. I mean, he's going to do so many vile and terrible things to you. And the whole time, you're racking up command points. You're able to use those those command points that, in in, in under normal circumstances, aren't really uh, aren't really uh, uh, there for you. And you know, with this list, it's kind of a it's kind of a double whammy because. I usually keep the Frost Lord, I mean the Ice Brow Hunter, and one and one uh, set of Kitty Cats off the table uh, until about the third battle round. And now, um, what's funny about that list is that when you break it down, yeah, you're talking you have almost thirteen hundred points of your army is dedicated to is dedicated to troops. Right. That are not normally found in your army. And the, exactly, you got to you got to think outside. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you literally are playing a hodgepodge. Right. It, I, at that point, it's almost like, is it an ogre army? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that's where you're at. I mean, well, and that and that's just and that's that's it. I mean, is it an ogre army? Probably not. I mean, all, you know, conventionally, it's it, it, it's really not. It's really not. You know, yeah, I mean, it's almost like a uh, like a hodgepodge. Yeah, and and there's there's things that you can do, and again, this is what I mean about being clever. So, you got your you got your ice brow hunter off the board until right around the third battle round. I bring him on the third battle round because generally by then, between bundle whalebiter, Kragnos, and my frostlord on a stonehorn, who by the way is a five yeah, plus word save, everything on the table. everything's dying. But even if I do take wounds, guess what? I prop my frostlord out by the uh, by the by the by the maw pot. I empty the maw pot. I heal everything. So obviously, besides Kragnos and Bundo, but um, and with that, I've got my my other three units of cats that are just sitting around eating grass, collecting points on an objective that the opponent can never get to, anyways. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I think with that. Oh, and then by the way, I've got Avagar rune tokens on my Frost Lord, which basically means once per game, 
I can swallow these things and I can re-roll hits and wounds. So, um, uh, or is it, I think it's, uh, yeah, hit and wounds, right. Um, so the army itself is just, is just literally, and plus everything's moving fast. I mean, everything on the, in the whole, in the whole army moves quickly. Oh, it's a steamroller. But I think this is where you have to take lists like this or the one that you presented with your iron guts or the other one that I played at the RTT. That's all lead belchers, basically 40 K ogres. And, um, I think you just have to think out of the box if you're going to be successful with, um, with, with, with ogres you know, ogre moth tribes in general, regardless if it's beast claw raiders or gut busters that you're playing. And so I, I think that's where we're at with this, uh, with, with, with this army, at least in my, in my two cents in a tin can, but those are three lists I wanted to show off as far as, you know, how to, how to still be successful with this army currently right now in three. Yeah. I mean, and additionally, if there's anyone out there who currently plays gut busters and you're listening and you're like, Hey guys, I got a great list. Send it in. Right. Send it to, uh, uh, is your email readily available through the. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Go ahead and uh, yeah, or, so or send it to Pat and yeah. um, we'll take a look at it. Yeah. And, and send it out. And, and like I said, I'll take a look at it or leave it in the chats. Leave it in the chats or here. Or the show notes the below. Page. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's take a look at it because I, here's the thing. I guess the whole point is we wanted to kind of peel the onion layer back and talk about the ogres pretty seriously here tonight. But the reality is they're still an effective army. Yeah, I mean, we're okay. Out of all the destruction armies, right? You got Orc War Clans, Sons of Behemoth, uh, Gloom Spite Gits, Ogre Maw Tribes. You got you got the main four. Without getting into sub factions or breaking it down, what's the order? Where do you think Ogres sit? Uh, that's tough. I mean, if you're talking about just pure wins, Sons are, are still coming in strong. I think it, I think it goes Sons, Oryx, Ogres, and Gloomies. Okay. All right. Yeah, I tend That's to agree on that. I, I think I think the Suns took a little bit of a hit with the uh, with with the with the Hunter, the Prime, yeah, the, the prime, primary Hunter thing. Yeah, them, but I think that they're did. still winning. Right, right. Oh no, trust me, they 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 are definitely still winning. But yeah, it's interesting to me because uh, again, when when I was looking at the stats to kind of see because I I love playing my ogres. Ogres, I would say, yeah, I play BC, I play Beast of Chaos, I play ogres. I would say that I've I've never had a bad game, win, lose, or draw with ogres. They're such a fun army to play. And I think it's because explosive things happen with them on the table. I think I think even you know you, you make that charge, things blow up. Uh, you know you can generally put up a good fight, even if you're on the losing end of that that, that rugby scrum. But um, I've never really had that feeling with any other army, and I think that's a lot of it too. I think people that play ogres, that still play them like myself, I think are playing them for other reasons. I'll don't get me wrong, we play this game to win. I don't I don't care what anybody says, you're competitive or not, you're still playing this game to win. Um, but I think that's what we need to do to win. I think you have to be clever, even if it's in the face of being monoesthetic. And you're probably going to have to go outside of your book. You're probably going to have to put Bundle Whalebiter or Gatebreaker in your list. You're probably going to have to put Kragnos in your list or the Cron Spine Incarnate. You're going to have to do those things in order to be successful. But the whole point is, are you are you still really playing an Ogre Maw Tribes army at that point? I'd say yeah. probably the third list we looked at, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so, no. I wouldn't. Yeah, I that, exactly. I would say the first two lists that we talked about would definitely be ogre lists. The third one is more like uh, a destruction list of old. Remember how they used to have the faction armies, like I destruction do. armies. I do. Yeah. That that yeah. feels more like that kind of an army. Right. Um, but what I think everyone is hoping for is that the third edition book is going to be um, 
is going to be much more attuned to how you can win games in 3.0. I yeah. I am hoping that the book looks like a 3.0 book. I hope that they take their time and they carefully go over these rules and they think about these units. Right. This is an army that people have always loved to play but have not played because of the unplayability of it at times. And yeah. I would love to see ogres get back to a point where they rightfully should be. And that's at the top of the destruction lists. You know, uh, some I agree. sons came in and kind of just booted the ogres right out of the way. They really did. And yeah. that to me was unfortunate, even though I was a son's player, that was an unfortunate circumstance when they came in. Because ogres were like, hey, we've got this might makes right. And then, boom, giants come in and they take it over. Right. And it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. So now what do ogres get? Well, you know, you know, you know, hopefully they get um, they, they, they get some way to, you know, beef up their attacks or their points on, on ability. Maybe, maybe they get some kind of special rule where if they're eating, they, they can heal wounds. thought out book. Yeah, they, they do. You know, the, the, the parlor trick with the sevens to cast your spells are a little lousy. You know, there, there's some there's some tribes and I don't want to get into it because you've heard other people bitching about it now for almost two years. But I mean, oh, yeah. you know, if you're not playing blood gullet, you better be playing under guts. If you're if you're playing anything as far as a gut. Well, even list. look at their spells. Right. Like, I mean, look at their spells. Every okay. one of their spells is like a seven to cast. That's what I'm saying. They're all they're all Vegas parlor tricks. Throw, now, now let's just do a little compare and contrast here. So you do uh, the average ogre spell is like a seven to cast. Uh, most of I them. I can yeah. throw a I can throw a spell like like thunderstrike or thundershock, which lowers your ability to wound me for everything within eighteen inches. I just roll a three up, and you're minus one to wound me. True. And that's like multiple units. Ogres yeah. need a seven to cast their most of their spells, and it only affects like one unit. And and, there's, and it's usually that unit. And the spells that they have to cast are re- are relatively limited. You know, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're not casting an endless spell like say Burning Head or Levitate or something like that, you're doing Rib Cracker. If you're not doing Rib Cracker, you're doing Blubber Grub Blubber Grub Stench. And then if you're not uh-huh. doing either one of those, it's Greasy Deluge. Uh, the other the other handful of sh- of spells are are not necessarily worth it, um, and they're all sevens to cast, you know. Um, and 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 in today's game where you've got, and sure, that's a hard cast. It, well, even if you buy the maw pot that gives you a bonus to cast, you know it, yeah. um, it. It's still a tough thing to come by. And if you're and if you're not by the maw pot, well, then that's that makes it even even more difficult. But I guess yeah. what I'll say right now is ogres are still very playable. Don't give up on them. But you got to be more clever. You're going to have to, for right now, until we get a new book. Now, now you've heard rumors, that Steve, that, that we're not getting a new book until... Yeah. Um, I, I heard like the I end said, of summer. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be a rumor monger because, you know, people don't like that stuff. But what I have been hearing on some of the boards is that the two destruction books that are coming are Gloom Spite and Sons of Behemoth. And that Ogres is not one of the two destruction books. Now, I am hoping that I'm wrong. Yeah, I would rather wait for Sons another six, seven months than to see Ogres get shoved to the side again and pushed all the way into 2023. Because you and I both know that it's not going to be a priority book. It's not going to be a book they're going to give a lot of love to. It's going to be one of those quick drops and they're done. They're yeah, on the I hope not. Army. Yeah. And yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that 
since they've already announced that the two destruction books are coming this fall, that they're going to be books that they have carefully planned and thought out and aren't just a rehash of the book that's already out. Right. Because we, we've seen that before and we know what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, that's very and, true. And it doesn't and it never turns out good. No, and, and you know what? I really hope that they do get a book. I, I personally think ogres need a book over Sons of Behemoth. I really do. I totally agree. I, I think Gloom I totally Spite agree. is in a very bad way, and I think ogres are in a very bad way. I think I to me, I see I heard, and again, folks, I'm here's me doing the other side of the, the rumor mongering, um, that the other that the end of summer was supposed to be Gloom Spite and Ogres. That's what I heard. But I don't know if there's I, I don't hope there's you're any right. truth to that. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Because I think they need it more but way more than Sons of Behemoth. Some of the rumors out there are that it's been confirmed that there is a King Broad model coming, that King Broad will be the only new model coming for Sons of Behemoth. Like I said, once again, don't know if it's true. It's just stuff that I've been seeing on the boards. And there seem to be a lot of people talking about it. So you don't yeah. know how many of these people are, you know, maybe GW employees that that are in the know. You know, right. like anything else, at the you know, ultimately who knows. Sure. But we're not going to give out any kind of information unless we believe that, you know, we have something solid to back it up. So if I talk about something that's a rumor, I'm going to state, of course, you know, it's just something I've heard. Okay. Whether or not it's true, I hope that Suns and Gloomies aren't the book. I hope right. it is Ogres and Gloom Spite because right. I think Ogres need it. Yeah. Not I, deserve I it. Not deserve it. Need it. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I would say that more arm, more armies being played outside of not, if you're playing it competitively, you're playing outside of their book. Yes. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, good conversation, man. That's the state of the game for Ogre Maw Tribes currently in, in this 3.0 meta. Uh, Steve. Ready for some closing thoughts? Sure. All right, lay it on us, man. So, once again, as we move towards the end of this year, I am hoping to see some books that are going to be not just a rehash of an army that's already existing, but an actual, well-thought, carefully planned out book. Ogres need a book they need a carefully well-planned thought out book for 3.0 that matches this new meta i want to see these new books that are coming be books that are going to be effective on some level have some specialization have something that a person can take to a tournament and be successful one of the things that's been irritating me and we talked about it earlier is that there are people that are playing books that literally have no chance of winning any kind of a major tournament, and that is wrong. There should be two to three winning armies, 5-0 and o armies in every single book. You want to truly balance this game, then balance it the right way. Give every book a chance. No one is going to go to a tournament today with Gloom Spike Gits and have any hopeful chance of winning. Let's be honest. Now, of course, you're going to have some fluke where, you know, some guy's going to win. I'm talking, are they going to be able to go to a tournament and win a five, in, at 5-0? and oh? Is that going to happen consistently? I'm not saying every tournament, but maybe every couple tournaments. This is what this game needs. We need these new books 
to be more carefully thought out and balanced so that when I go to a store and my kid picks up a book, picks up the Gloom Spike Gets book, my kid is going to know that when he builds that army, he's going to have a chance at going 5-0 and in a tournament once he learns that army. That's what I want to see as we finish out the rest of this year. I want to see these books more balanced than they have been in the past. And I don't want to see rehashes and then a re-release a year later like they did to Daughters. I want to see a book come out that can last for more than two to three years. That's what I want to see as we move towards the end of this year. Here, here, man. Way to way to put that, dude. All right, and that's a great show, man. I'm going to end it right there because uh, I'm not beating that as far as logic. But great show, and that's a wrap. Steve, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Not a problem, my friend. And uh, and and we gotta we gotta make sure we get you back on the show, man, because uh, it's always uh, it's always good stuff to have you on. But uh, but folks, thank you all very much for being with uh, Steve and I here tonight as we talked about the state of the game with ogres. And remember, till we meet again, roll them dice, fun and fair. And don't be a freaking short pants. Good night, everybody. Good night. Grimdark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants? <laughs>